It's Sunday, October 24th, 2021, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine here again with your weekend story. On today's show, we're taking a look at the challenges of regulation in a world of growing decentralization. This episode is sponsored by Kava, Nexo.io, and Market Intel by Chainalysis. And just a reminder that Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Today's feature story is an opinion piece from Coindesk columnist Preston Byrne, who's an attorney and a partner at Anderson Kills Technology Media and Distributed Systems Group. Decentralization theater, as it's called, is something which crops up in my inbox on an almost daily basis. By this, I mean the development, release, and marketing of software which leverages decentralized infrastructure for one, several, or even most of its components, but not all of them. The principal reason why an entrepreneur might decentralize most, but not all of the things, is obvious. Although calling a product decentralized is edgy and in vogue, writing software is a messy business that's never truly complete. Writing software on a blockchain is an especially messy business that is very difficult to fix. See, for example, BitCloud for one instance of decentralization theater in action. BitCloud has long traded on its claim to be a decentralized blockchain-based social networking system. At the time of its launch, Coindesk breathlessly reported, quote, BitCloud is not a company. It's a proof-of-work blockchain designed for running social media. It was created by an anonymous group of developers. Backers only hold its token BTCLT. Nevertheless, a set of prominent investors and crypto businesses have bought in, end quote. This was not, in fact, true. Having run more than my fair share of blockchain clients in the past several years, when I navigated to BitCloud's website, it was immediately clear to me there was no node. I was navigating to a web page hosted on a web server, a server which, in BitCloud's case, was hosted on Google Cloud, some blockchain. From a technical standpoint, BitCloud's go live a short term later did not make it any more or less decentralized than its pre-launch. Famously, BitCloud scraped the profiles of 20,000-odd Twitter users including my own, pre-populated its website with our profiles, and then awarded balances of creator coins to each profile, presumably to induce creators to claim the balances and begin generating content for the site. Unimpressed and being a troll, I tweeted a cease and desist to the real identity of BitCloud's founder. Quoting from the tweet, You do not have permission to use my name and likeness to sell coins. I demand you remove this misleading and deceptive page from your site immediately. Please confirm in writing this has been removed. End quote. Fewer than 24 hours later, my profile was gone. Reading from another tweet, Update, Preston J. Byrne on BitCloud is dead. How did this happen if it's a decentralized system, I wonder? End quote. It's a Christmas decentralization miracle. Of course, it didn't actually disappear from the BitCloud blockchain. It was merely de-indexed by the BitCloud user interface. The fact that BitCloud could de-index my profile from the site tells us that it is not a blockchain or the users, but BitCloud's site admins who are in charge of the platform. Part of the reason I feel confident poo-pooing BitCloud on this point is that the OGs have all known that if you want to decentralize social media, you can't just print an altcoin, which sometimes goes by a more unsavory scatological term, and call it a day. You have to decentralize. In other words, eliminate the web servers themselves. BitCloud has a web server, ergo it's not decentralized. gives you the ability to earn more by connecting the world's largest cryptocurrencies, ecosystems, and financial applications on DeFi's most trusted, scalable, and secure earning platform. Kava is an institutional-grade cross-chain engine built to scale on the largest decentralized proof-of-stake network. 
with loan APYs as low as 0% and reward APYs as high as 200%, Kava is the safest place for you to grow your digital portfolio. Mint stablecoins. Lend, borrow, earn, and swap safely across the world's biggest crypto assets with Kava. To learn more, visit kava.io slash marketsdaily. Looking to make the most of your crypto assets? Nexo.io's got you covered. Grow your wealth securely with Nexo's high-yield interest accounts. Buy crypto on your terms directly within Nexo's platform and start earning daily compounding interest right away. Get the cash you need without selling your crypto from just 6.9% APR. Instantly swap between 100 crypto and traditional currency pairs. And don't worry, Nexo is insured against losses up to $375 million. Get the most of your crypto at nexo.io. That's nexo.io. Market Intel by Chainalysis provides you with the ultimate crypto dataset to help reach your research and investment goals. As an asset manager seeking confident crypto investments or a venture capitalist identifying and funding emerging players, you'll leverage 53 metrics across 10 categories like whales, exchanges, liquidity, and supply to maximize your insights. Get started now by heading to markets.chainalysis.com. That's markets.chainalysis.com. A little known fact is that before I ran a law practice, I, as part of a team of three, including lawyer coder Casey Coleman and quantum mathematician Dr. Tyler Jackson, designed and built the first Ethereum DAO backed on the proof of concept 3 testnet in 2014. Being the least software proficient of the group, my role was mainly to write the paper and provide some of the legal structural considerations. The product was called Eris, and it was basically a decentralized version of Reddit. It included voting, discussion, moderation, and content posting functionality. The objective of the exercise was to develop a system that could eliminate all centralization. At the time, we wrote, quote, Where Bitcoin was designed to solve this problem in relation to point-of-sale and banking transactions, we are working to solve this issue for internet-based communications, social networking, and community governance, bearing in mind that for free internet services such as email, social networking, search, and open data, Intrusion into users' private lives and the accumulation and centralization of vast quantities of personal information in centralized silos is not some minor and ancillary nuance. As such, Eris is not another web service. Eris is significantly different because it's been designed and implemented specifically to not use web servers. End quote. Back in 2014, our issue was that we were nearly a decade too early. Layer 1 architecture capable of being amended by majority vote had not yet been built, hard forks only. The problem decentralized social media fixes simply didn't exist, and VCs regarded social as something of a death zone where existing behemoths like Twitter and Facebook controlled the battle space. Nobody needed or even wanted to express themselves anywhere else. Put another way, in 2014, nobody needed decentralized social media because it was still a time when the internet could be described as free and open. That's before Gamergate, before Trump, before Brexit, and before successive rounds of increasing corporate censorship and mass media partisanship. Fast forward to the present day, and I take several calls per week from entrepreneurs, some funded, some not, looking to decentralize aspects of social media. All recognize that Web3 won't use web servers, because web servers are a point of contact on which a regulator or a tyrant can apply pressure to get the entire service taken offline. In an increasingly politically volatile world, the need is for software that will continue to run, as Bitcoin does, regardless of social or legal pressure, state-driven, mob-driven or corporation-driven, directed at the system as a whole. The software will need to be architected in such a way as allows serious unlawful use to be targeted and excised, if necessary, node by node, but makes lawful use very difficult to obstruct. This will likely be a mix of self-hosted infrastructure for content 
and decentralized infrastructure for coordination. So what then will Web3 look like? At a minimum, it will be entirely peer-to-peer. A blockchain need not serve a role, as we see with Mastodon's federated model, but it could provide some function, either as publicly accessible private key infrastructure, similar to Mastodon or Microsoft's Ion Digital ID, or accounting infrastructure, which rewards the provision of these services infrastructure similar to Helium. The blockchain will likely not host content, a task better left to users. For so long as quasi-decentralized services possess even a scintilla of centralization, regulatory pressure can and will be applied. Any centralized infrastructure could be leveraged to eliminate the decentralized product. Eventually, however, and soon, someone is going to figure out the precise mix, the secret sauce of how to build and incentivize the continued provision of user-friendly, wholly decentralized apps, with all functionality being run on a client running locally on a user's own machine rather than via a web server. As a lawyer, I'm often asked what sort of regulation is appropriate for Bitcoin and crypto. Usually, I shrug my shoulders and say that existing regulation works perfectly well, mainly because, having worked in the crypto space since 2013, I have a good sense of what's decentralized versus what's decentralization theater. We're fast approaching a point, however, where there will no longer be decentralization theater. At that point, the actors our laws traditionally regulate, in social media finance and other verticals, will have ceased to exist. After that point, crafting new laws, laws that allow the state to satisfy certain minimum requirements for operating that infrastructure in civilized society on the one hand, but do not crush innovation completely on the other hand, will be a challenging task, indeed. And that's our show for today. Thank you very much for listening. This episode was edited by Adrian Blust, and we'll be back tomorrow with your next news roundup. And just a reminder that Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. 